and welcome to the Arbor Pod, Detective Denjo series. Today's guest is Stephanie Davey in the case of the bewildered bonsai beneficiary. This podcast is provided by the International Society of Arbor Culture. Summer raindrops pitter-pattered against the window pane, giving early warning of the forecasted high winds and hail. As the terrible thunderstorm brewed outside, I stewed indoors on my most recent case. Earlier that afternoon, Lily Thorderson had bustled into my office holding a fragile and wilting bonsai tree in her shaking hands. Lily's pretty face was moist from crying and as white as the lacy tank top she wore. This young lady was in serious need of a professional, and I was happily obliged to be of assistance. Lily seated herself across from me and sniffled through her story. Her father had recently passed away, and Lily had inherited his prized 30-year-old Mugo pine. Mugo pines are mostly known for their ornamental uses because of their hardy structure and ability to withstand the harshest conditions. Like many other species of pine, Pinus mugo mugus was found in many Asian gardens and often shaped with the art of bonsai. The only gardening Lily had done was planting daisies for Mother's Day in third grade. She worried that with her negligible knowledge she would ruin her father's cherished possession. Lily vowed that she had read every bonsai gardening and arboriculture book she could get her hands on, and had even resorted to taking a class. She was sure she had followed every watering and care instruction there was. Still, during the past few weeks, Lily's tree refused to flourish. With Lily's permission, I now sat alone with her tiny tree propped on my desktop. Without the distraction of the distressed brunette, I was able to thoroughly inspect the pine's needles and trunk. What I found was quite mysterious. Some of the needles were visibly lifeless and straw-colored, perhaps indicating lack of adequate watering, though that was contrary to Lily's story. The old foliage seemed to be the only part of the tree that had suffered. The current year's needles seemed untouched and perfectly fine. Sometimes this effect is referred to as bottle brush. After a closer inspection, I found many branches partially defoliated, clearly indicating the possibility of a pest. I also discovered tiny, caterpillar-like insects, perhaps the pest itself. To produce a proper diagnosis of the tree, I took the bonsai and the bugs to the lab attached to my office for an under-the-microscope inspection where I found just the answer I was searching for. First, the little tree confused me with its wilting needles. Then, the tiny dead insect that I found revealed the truth. The perpetrator was the notorious European pine sawfly, Neodeprian certifer, a pest that looks like a caterpillar. However, these larvae don't transform into fluttering butterflies. Instead, they develop into a primitive type of wasp. Although Lily's mugo suffered quite a blow from needle defoliation, the new growth was enough to ensure the battered bonsai's survival. I called Lily and asked her to come to my office in the morning to pick up her tree, 
and spoke with her about future control instructions. Because the pest was no longer present, there was no need for immediate action. For future pest invasions, the most effective strategy is to target the young larvae. There are several options for landscape trees, ranging from natural controls, such as native birds or rodents, to insecticides. In Lily's case, I thought it would be best to use a mechanical removal of the pesky hymenopterans. This type of control was most feasible because her tree is small and much time is spent throughout the year maintaining it. I told Lily that in the future she would have to carefully search for overwintered or spring eggs and remove needles containing the eggs before they hatched. She would have to be careful not to just throw the removed needles on the ground. Doing so could spread the problem. I suggested disposing of the eggs in a container. Lily would also have to make inspections for returning larvae during late April and early May. Also, late winter inspections for egg-laying scars would be helpful in identifying any continuing problems. After I hung up the phone with Lily, I leaned back in my desk chair and gazed up at the ceiling. Though pea-sized hail now clinked against my window panes, I had put in a good day's work and I was satisfied to have saved Lily's little tree. This case was closed. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the ArborPod Detective Dendro series. You can earn CEUs for this podcast. Just use the code DD4180 to complete the quiz. Stay tuned for the next ones. This podcast is provided by the International Society of Arboriculture. Mm-hmm.